Welcome back to another episode of the podcast from the depths of darkness to the light of success. I'm your host Chris Swick and this podcast is all about mental health, addictions and whatever stigma everyone is afraid to talk about. I'm here to break that stigma and make people afraid not to talk about things that are going on in their life. If you want to be vulnerable, this is the show to come on to and share your story. I believe everyone's story is valuable at the end of the day. It does not matter what walk of life you come from. With no further ado, let's bring on the next guest, Carm Viola from the Toronto area of Canada. You want to take it away and let them know a little bit about yourself? Sure. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me today. So my name is Carm Viola, as Chris said, and I am a registered early childhood educator and a registered psychotherapist. I've been working in children's mental health for 30 years plus. We'll leave it just at that. And I work in a children's mental health agency in the West End of Toronto. And I also have a private practice with a business partner. And we've been doing that for about 14 years together. I see children from birth to 18 years of age who are struggling with mental health issues. So anxiety and depression or attention deficit, regulating themselves, their anger, just helping them deal with their feelings and emotions. And I, of course, don't work with children in isolation. You work with their parents, their schools, and whoever else they have in their life to, so that we can all come together as a team to really allow children to flourish and live their best life that's me. What drew you, Carm, to working in the realm, in the field that you work in, especially with children around the mental health and stuff like that? So this is, this actually took a turn for me. So if I take myself back and take you back with me to grade 12, which was a long time ago, I did a co-op placement in a daycare. So I was thinking, okay, I'm going to go that route. I want to work with kids. I knew I wanted to work with kids from a young age. But I didn't know what that was going to look like. And I always thought, okay, maybe I'll be a teacher. So the road I took was I went to college and became an ECE. And during that time, I did a placement at a center in Toronto called the George Hall Center. It's an incredible children's mental health agency, and they do tremendous work. And that placement for me was beyond anything I could have had have ever imagined. It opened up my eyes to a world of how to support children in such a loving, caring way. And these kids were struggling. And then, so let me just backtrack a little bit. The initial part of my journey through school, I actually thought, okay, I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to graduate and I'm going to be a teacher. And I was convicted in that. I'm like, this is what I'm doing. This is, I want to teach. And so then when I did this placement, it just turned me completely around. And when I graduated, there were job openings at the George Hall Center. And I interviewed, got the job. And I have been there for 30 plus years. That's how that happened. That is so amazing. And I love that you love to work with children and stuff like that. Being a parent myself and starting at a young age in my 20s, I had no clue what was going on. If there's something... Or if there's one good piece of advice, I guess you could give parents out there on how to help their children through their feelings, what would it be? I would say, don't dismiss their feeling. Accept the feeling that they're bringing to you, even in that moment of, because typically there's distress. When we think of a big feeling, we call them big feelings for kids. You're thinking of anger or frustration or sadness 
or fear and parents sometimes I'm not saying all parents do this but a lot of times we may dismiss and say you're fine just get over it so there's an actual there's a great book by Dr. Daniel Siegel and uh, Tina Payne uh, Bryson Payne Bryson and it's called the whole brain child that's where I pull a lot of my parenting suggestions and ideas from and he works from a brain-based theory around connect so your left brain, the left side of your brain is very logical. It does thinking, it does the problem solving, whereas your right brain is more uh, emotional. So if you, and if you, he talks about connecting before redirecting. So connect with the emotion, accept the emotion. And I promise you, the more that you can do that, the easier it will become. I'm not saying that it's going to be completely easy, but you will soothe and comfort your child quicker then you will if you're saying, you're fine, come on, just get over it, you'll be okay. Because that child is still feeling that feeling. So not to dismiss the feeling, accept the feeling, and then you can do the teaching later. I really love that analogy because it, it is so true though. Like so many people or so many parents, myself included, like earlier on and stuff, but now that I'm realizing going through therapy myself in recovery, it's okay to not be okay. And it's the same that goes for children too. Not, not, not just that suck it up mentality and stuff like that. That's got to stop, I think. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. And I have to agree with you. It is absolutely okay not to be okay. And our children are not born knowing how to deal with emotions. We, they learn through us. They're watching us and they're watching their grandparents and they're watching their aunts and uncles and they're watching their teachers and they're watching everybody around them. And they learn from that. So that's another piece. Like really think about how you're, if you're having a bad day and where a lot of people are having a lot of bad days these days, just given our world situation right now. And if we can find ways to, to comfort ourselves or how to support our own mental health, because we can always, I always tell parents, if your child is sick, has a stomach ache, has a fever, you go to the doctor instantly. But what do you do when they're repeatedly maybe struggling with the fear of going to school or the fear of going to making new friends or whatever situation, or they're really sad a lot? There is help. And we need to be okay with debunking that stigma that is so embedded, which I'm hoping, and I'm seeing a lot of change around that too, where accessing that help is so important. Because if we can equip ourselves with understanding how to deal with our emotions, imagine how we'll deal with it. You'll be able to, you'll be able to express, Chris, I'm really upset with you today, as opposed to saying, oh my gosh, Chris is making me so upset today. He was not listening to what I had to say. This way I can learn how to regulate my own emotions. Say, okay, I understand that I'm mad. It's okay that I'm mad. But how do I go then to Chris and talk to him about that I'm upset with him and he made me mad because... He told me he was going to take my shift, and then he didn't. Right. No, it makes so much sense, though. You have to learn, like you just said, and I'm learning the, those types of things actually in therapy myself right now yeah. about how to regulate my emotions and how to express them. It's okay to be angry and stuff, but you have to express your anger in a more positive way, not like yeah. yelling and screaming. And those are things I'm working on right now, which yeah. is nice after leaving the drugs and the booze behind, 
now it's time to feel those real feelings that are actually there that I was suppressing for so many years. So it's nice that you bring that up though, regulating your feelings. And we can teach kids like, and every family is going to be different. So have a conversation about what's an okay way to get up. And there are ways. And sometimes you might need to punch your pillow because nothing's going to hurt your pillow. So if you need, because you cannot suppress that anger, it's got to come out. So I, I always use the analogy of a volcano. If you suppress that volcano, what's going to eventually happen? It's just like your feelings. So when you're mad in that moment, take a minute, go stomp your feet, go do jumping jacks, go punch your pillow, go and squeeze your body and then release it. Progressive muscle relaxation or whatever works for you. And what works for you is not going to work for me. So that's why we have to sometimes even just try some different things. Some people like tap and they tap different parts of their body that help them to regulate. Some, a lot of kids are sensory based. And what I mean is they like a deep touch or a soft touch, or I teach kids to do is grab their shoulders. Like they're giving themselves a hug and adults can do this too. And then you just squeeze down your arms and give like, you're giving yourself a light, gentle massage. And as you come down to your wrists and your elbows, and you're still, your elbows come before your wrists, sorry, (laughs) you squeeze. And then as you get to your hands, you push in as if you're praying. So you push, then you cup your hands together, one on top of the other, curve them just, and then pull, and then you squeeze your hands together. Again, you've got to try different things. And there's even consulting with an occupational therapy, a therapist for kids, even for adults to know how your body ingests different kinds of touch and then use that in helping yourself to relax. It's it's nice that you say that too about the touching and feeling and stuff. Like when, like I learned in my, with, from my therapist, she told me like with my daughter, especially because we don't don't see eye to eye every day. She's six and we'll we butt heads, but she said, just, you guys both, even if you have to walk away and you let her go in her room and you go have a five minute, but come back and you set her on your knee and do like little breathing exercises or blowing on each other's face, just little simple breathing exercises and talk about the smells in the room and stuff like that. Like, and just focus your energy elsewhere. We've been, I've tried that a few times with her over the last couple of weekends that I've had her and obviously over time, it's going to work more and more, but it's going to take time, though, yeah. to build that relationship back up and stuff like that from from all the years of being Absolutely. not being present. You know what the great thing is, though, Chris, is that you can repair. Everything can be re- repaired. And that's really an important piece. And Dan Siegel talks about that in his book as well, because we're not perfect as parents. If Imagine when we had our kids and the doctor said, oh, by the way, here's your parenting Bible. Follow this and everything's going to be perfect. Every child is so different, even within the same family. Every child is different and they're, they deal with their emotions differently. So we need to be in tuned to how our kids accept or show those feelings. But I love what you said about the breathing because I, I teach kids, it's the first thing that you can go to. And some kids don't connect with the deep breathing, but the ones that do, I say to them, do your nose and your lungs ever take a vacation from your body? Do they ever say, oh, you know what? Chris is so boring today. I'm going to go take a walk. No, your nose and your lungs are always with you. So you can deep breathe wherever you are. So it's, it, and there's so much uh, research about diaphragmatic breathing and the uh, benefits. 
that it has to our body and calming ourselves down is the greatest one. And I like that you say that about the breathing too, because I talked to my daughter there, obviously all the kids in Ontario here are online schooling right now, but her, even in class, her teacher, she's in grade one, but they've been, they do meditation every day. After lunch, after they have lunch, that's what, that's the first thing they do before they break into that, their afternoon routine. She said they come back from lunch, even on online school, when they go for their half hour to go away from the computer and eat, they come back and they do a 10 minute meditation or five minute meditation, whatever it is. And she, she, she actually will sit here and do it at, when she comes over to our house on the weekend, she's here too, and get out the yoga mat sometimes and just sit there and she does her little meditation or kids that yoga. So fantastic. That is so fantastic. I've been working on a project for the last two years with, with my colleagues and we've written a book. It's actually a manual. It's for teachers, actually not just for teachers. We are actually disseminating a pilot project right now. It's called Feeling Explorers. And part of that program has mindfulness and meditation, and we call it Peaceful Moment in in the program. It's a 10-week program that will hopefully be offered in various schools. It's so important to really find yourself right in those because especially now on online learning there's so many distractions you it's hard to stay focused a lot of kids are finding it hard to stay focused so meditation is a great what are your thoughts on the online what are your thoughts on the online learning karm there is there pros and cons that you would have with it like i personally me my personal opinion i with the way I was as a kid, I love social interaction, being around my friends, only getting to see your friends on a screen once a day or whatever. That's not the same though, because I can see the impact it's having on my, well, both my children. My son doesn't care for it at all. We've His mother's talked to his teacher and she goes in every week or once every other week and gets all the paper. He'd rather not, if he has to go on, he goes on, but he'd rather just do it by himself. And if he needs help, he'll go to the teacher. He just can't sit there a full day just isn't for him he said and I I don't disagree with it yeah and you know what it's I don't know what the numbers are I'm sure there's been a study done around that right now but just within my own experience and the kids that I'm around I would say that most of the kids are not liking it but there are those few who those anxious kids who don't have to present in front of class who's staring at it there seems to be a different kind of disconnect a little bit online and people can turn themselves off to present and but I, I do agree with you like the social isolation there's so many things that happen when you're playing at recess together there's no group work you can't actually do a project together with two or three other kids and that is a huge part of learning learning to negotiate, learning to cooperate, learning to compromise, learning to express yourself. All those things happen when you're together in front of people. And I don't think it has that same impact when you have breakout rooms. So I do think kids are struggling and missing that activity together when they're with their friends. Yeah, no, I don't disagree at all. This has got to come to an end at some point, hopefully, you know, sooner than later, because mm-hmm. it's really doing a lot of damage, especially to the younger kids, because they're in that stage where they're developed their, these are strong, these are key years for them in their development and everything. And it's hindering their development, I find. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Because a lot of the social skills, there's 
you know what I've noticed even with adults, let's just put the kids aside right now. If you're in the grocery store, you can't even look at people. They put their heads down. I don't know if you've noticed that, but people are forgetting. Oh, yeah. We can't see or even even walking by someone or if you walk too close, it's not on purpose. Like they're very on edge. I find lots of these people or what they're there's even when I have customers at work, like they're, they want to do everything. I can't do, I can do lots of it, not online, but we have to come into the dealership. My computer's in the dealership. I can't show you the computer and the quote and they're not, they're just on edge. Then maybe it was time. And I'm not saying that they're not right. Like, that lots of people I find the anxiety is through the roof compared to a year or two ago before this pandemic hit. Absolutely. I find that too. You're right. You're even just walking around the neighborhood. If you're on the sidewalk, people will move to the, they will move to the street. Like you're like 50 feet away as opposed to like just, and I get it. People are afraid, right? We've, we've seen the damage that this pandemic has caused and it's causing a lot. It's increasing mental health issues for sure. Now, do you have any suggestions for people suffering, not just kids now, but like adults and stuff like that, that are suffering? Because I've seen a heightened, I've lost a lot of friends, whether it's to suicide or addictions over the course of the last year and a lot. And I've seen a heightened death toll. Well, there's a bigger pandemic than just the COVID-19. I'm not taking away from that. I know there's a real pandemic out there. I'm not one of those conspiracy theorists that doesn't think that's happening. I know that's happening, but there's also this other pandemic with the mental health addictions. The suicide rates have shot way up and people can't get the help they need because it's either online or there's just such a long wait list. You know what I mean? Like I'm grateful that I'm able to get the help I need or found a therapist that is working with me and is able to still see them in person. But for the people that you know are yeah. suffering a lot, what are some suggestions you can have for This is a really important question uh, because... You're right. There are long wait lists. I know that I actually came across something yesterday from Ability, I think it's called Ability Cares. Let me just check this. Yeah, Ability Cares. And the Ontario government has put out free anxiety workshops. And I know it's not the same as working with the therapist, but it is a start. Again, you have to have access to a computer and you have to have access to this because it's online. But I would actually, the other day, what I was doing was I was looking through old pictures, old photo albums, and I was sitting there thinking, wow, this is the days when we used to have photo albums and actual pictures, not just lumped in our phone. Looking at those physical pictures was bringing me such joy. I was like, this is such a simple thing to do. And it's bringing me a lot of joy. And if we can find that one thing, because it'll be different for everybody, getting outside, maybe sitting by a tree, sitting outside and just listening to the birds or listening to the noises that are around you. Even if you can find a little river and sitting by the river and just listening to the water trickle, whatever fills your soul, if it's calling a friend, if it's, I know we're not supposed to see each other, but if you can do a drive-by or a walk-by, stand at the driveway, or if your friend is on a, in, a, in a, an apartment or them standing on the balcony and you're sitting at the bottom, anything that you need to fill that moment for you, to bring you that moment of joy is what we need to try to find to do. And it will be different for everybody. 
I, I like that you say that finding joy in the different things in life is definitely key. Like I've been finding joy in so many different things over the last year, especially like whether it's doing my podcast, connecting and networking with different people, talking about issues going on all over the world or hearing everyone's story. That brings me joy like at the end of the day. So I really enjoy that. And then nature. I love nature. So I love that you bring up nature too. It's the best thing for you, I think. Yeah, I I know. I love being in nature too. Whether it's going for a walk or a hike, there's so much we can do, even on a rainy day. So I was, I know I was being a bit of a kid, but it was, I think about two or three weeks ago, it was raining. And I was with my friend, we were walking and there was a puddle. And did I not jump in it? I jumped in it. I jumped in and I was splashing. I was like, I know this is a little bit silly, but I don't care. It brought me joy for that moment. It brought me joy. I jumped in the puddle. So you're never. That's awesome. You know, there's nothing wrong with going to get in the mud or puddle. No. Carm, what do you think people undervalue today? Oh, gosh. Time? (laughs) I think, no. Actually, I think people really love their, and are craving time with their friends. I think they're missing it. Undervalue. Wow. I have to think about that. What are people undervaluing? Maybe routine. I, I think about, I. I'm working mostly from home. I am at home, actually. And I miss actually getting up, putting on my work clothes and not my track pants or my sweatpants and getting in the car, listening to the radio, getting to work, seeing my colleagues and my friends at work and just going through the routine of the day and then driving back home. Like I miss that routine. So I wonder if people are maybe not thinking about the routine and how important that is in our life and how it regulates us. You know, routine is definitely key. Like whether it's I try to write a list or in my phone, I'll make a list of a few things that I need to do every morning. Then at least you can check them off and you feel like you've accomplished something once you tick off those things every day. It's nice. And I do a check-in three times a day at work too, like every couple hours once in the morning, once in the afternoon, once before I come in the door when I get home too, just check in with yourself just to see where you're at. And yeah. like my therapist yeah. said, the that that empty water bottle is better than a full one. Yeah, yeah. Just keep it at a balanced level and do whatever <laughs> exactly. you need to do to check in. But but I think maybe routine. I, yeah. And it'll be different for everybody. No, definitely. And routine, people do undervalue that though because – once you don't have a routine, life can get very chaotic. It's true. It, it, it organizes you, right? I, I like to use the analogy, for me, everything's online and even a lot of books. And I am not an ebook reader. And, and I just, there's something about actually holding a book that grounds you, that organizes you that you can flip through wherever you need to be. And for me, I use that analogy of the book because it it resonates for me that on, if I'm reading a book online, I can't do it. I get all discombobulated. I I lose my place quick. Maybe it's my age and because I'm not tech savvy, I don't know, but I think a book. I like reading too, like reading, like I'm with you too on the whole ebook or audio books. I just can't do it. Like I like listening to podcasts when I'm driving, if I'm by myself. But the, definitely have to have that physical book. I like that much better than an ebook or audio. Yeah, yeah. 
When you were a kid, I know I already asked you this, but was there something you wanted to be when you grew up, like when you were younger than when you decided you wanted to be a teacher in grade 12 there? What was the first thing you wanted to do when you grew up? Well, Chris, if I could be honest with you and being completely transparent, if I had my choice, I would actually love to be on Broadway. (laughs) That's where I'd love to be. That didn't work out so well. Were you into acting and stuff as a kid or did you do some plays? Just plays at school and the school choir and that kind of stuff, but never anything uh, too serious. And as, as an adult, actually just three years ago, I joined a musical theater in just close to where I live and I loved it. I was just like in my element. I was like, Ooh. And it brings me such joy. It was, I was doing something for me because my kids are older now. Uh, I have two kids who are 19 and 22 and they don't need you as much. So I had some time for myself. I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I'm going to explore this right now. And yes, anyways, I'm making this answer long-winded, but yeah, that's what I would have loved to have been. But reality sets in and <laughs> It's like, I need something that's a little stable, more stable. And not that I ever pursued that, but I did later. But anyway, yeah. So teacher and then, yeah, a teacher was where I wanted to be. But this, and teachers right now, I feel for them and they have a really tough job. So I commend them and all their efforts and everything that they're doing to keep their class moving in in a structured way, which is so hard, which is so hard. So I feel for all those teachers out there. So yeah, so mental health was the avenue that I fell into and I'm so grateful for it. No, and it's nice that you fell into that because we need people like you, especially for the younger kids, for the adults as well. But (laughs) I love that you specialize with the children. It seems that you really thrive and enjoy that and you take a passion to it. Yes. Yes, I love working with young kids. And we use a lot, I use a lot of art-based activities with kids because and books because they connect differently with those activities and make your point in teaching the strategies and the techniques of how they can help themselves. And then they actually have a tool that they can keep and use later. So I make uh, what I call mind jars with kids. And they, it's, no, this is a podcast, but I'll show you as I can see you. So it's like a a snow globe where it's, you fill it with water, you get a jar, any kind of jar, you fill it with water and the kids can put in sparkles and beads or whatever they want. And then glycerin. So glycerin, you can find at the, at any drugstore in the first aid aisle. And then you put it in, in the jar, and then you just watch it fall and watch the sparkles as they fall or watch. And it's quite soothing. And, and this helps can you see it, Chris? Oh, yeah, I can see it. This is awesome. I'm, you've actually given me an idea, and I'm going to take roll with it with my daughter, especially. Yeah, I'm going to even grab like an old wine, because you can get wine bottles bottle. or water bottles like that, too. Water bottles, a mason jar works yeah. really well, and the dollar store has them as well. And again, just fill it with warm water. If you're going to put sparkles in it, I would only advise putting three colors in it, because if you put more than three, then it just, it turns brown, and that's it just mucks it up and you can't really see that the sparkles fall. But the other thing I say to kids is when they're filling their jar with the sparkles or whatever, to put some helpful thoughts in there. Like I can do this. If I need help, I can go to my mom, my dad, my grandma, my aunt, who can they go to? And it's okay to not be okay. I have people that love me, whatever they're sprinkling in there, sprinkle those thoughts in there as well. 
That's an awesome idea. I really love that. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, you're so welcome. So if you could grow or not grow up, if you could wake up I'm tomorrow, not grown, I tell you, I'm not grown. <laughs> if you could, grown. if you could wake up tomorrow, Carm, with one ability or quality, what would you hope it would be? Oh my gosh. What would I want to do? I just, I think just make people happy. Just try to get people to smile and find the good in themselves. Yeah which is like something that. that I'm trying to do. I started a business during COVID. I don't know if I shared this with you, Chris. It's called Heart Fuelers. So the purpose of Heart Fuelers is to put smiles on people's faces. So what my sister and a friend of uh, mine are doing are visiting people from a distance, people who might need a cheering up, people who might need a smile, people who might need a hug, we're not hugging them because it's from a distance and we're visiting them and we're either bringing them flowers, bringing them chocolate, bringing them very simple things. We might cook for them and bring them a meal. We might, it, it's absolutely anything and everything goes. It's just, we think about who that person is and people can nominate people. So for example, I have a friend whose grandfather is has been separated because of COVID from his wife. So the grandparents are not together because the grandmother is in a home and the grandfather is living with um, the uncle. And he's 94, 94, 97 years old and really missing his wife. So what we did for him is he likes the harmonica. So fortunately, my mother plays the harmonica. So I said to her, mom, we're going to be doing this visit. Would you mind coming? She's I'm going to come. I'm going to do it. So we brought him a few of his favorite Italian. He's an Italian man. And we brought him a few of his favorite Italian things. There was like some cheese, a loaf of Italian bread. And I think there was a salami in there. There was a couple of things in there. And when we went there, he like I have the video. If you go on my Instagram at Heart Fuelers, you'll see. So my mother's there playing the harmonica and he's clapping. And he was so full of joy. He started crying. It was just so beautiful. Like, it's just having those moments of somebody's here for you. You are not alone in this at all. We're all going through it in different ways. Some people are struggling more than others. And I just wanted to bring joy into people's life in a very small way. And so heart, that's how Heart Fuelers was, how, that, how it began. And so if anyone wants to reach out and use your Heart Fuelers, the business or acquire some services, they can go over to Instagram at Heart Fuelers. That's right. And they can DM us. Yeah. And is that just local to the Toronto area? Or are you all over Southwestern no, Ontario? We can, we will travel. We will travel if it's a reasonable amount. These are things that people can do on their own. And there's, there's no fee. We don't charge for this, but we do, you, like the other people, the people who are involved might need to support in terms of getting some of the items, but we do have some vendors that are supporting us and donate their products. But yes, I think anybody can do this wherever they live, but yes, they can certainly reach out to us. We'd be happy to participate. That's amazing. I love what you're doing there with the heart feelers. It's nice to see these types of things, especially in the times we're in at the moment. Yeah here in Ontario, you know, and 
beyond hopefully at one point in time it will come back to a normalcy around here Mm -hmm. another piece that i forgot to mention which is really important is we're actually selling t-shirts we actually sell heart fueler t-shirts they're twenty dollars and with that money we're donating it back to children's charities or children's services yeah that's the other that's amazing guys so if anyone would like a t-shirt from uh carm here go over to heart fuelers on instagram and Definitely click the DM or I'm sure she can direct you in which way you can order a t-shirt from them. $20 is nothing, guys. If you can afford it, it goes back to a great cause. So before we go, what are three things that you do for your mental health on a daily basis, Carm, to sort of keep yourself grounded? Yeah, great question. Because people think, oh, what therapists do, what do they do? And I need it more maybe (laughs) some days than others. But I, I love to sing, and I, I actually created um, COVID songs. J- earlier on in the pandemic, I was writing COVID songs. So if you go on my at Carviola, you'll see I wrote 17 COVID songs. So I like to write silly songs. I like to sing. I like to meditate. I pray. I'm very into my faith, so that that helps me a lot to regulate myself and just think about where I am in the world right now. And I like to talk to my friends and my family are a great support to me. And if I'm feeling down, just a quick call to somebody. And sometimes that takes a lot because I might be so drained from the day, but I know that's what I need. So if I take a couple of breaths and just say, I know this is going to be good for me. And then by the end of the call, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling better. Yeah. That's awesome. And I like that you say that. I haven't heard that. Like, I like asking each guest that question. Just to get a different answer each time. I love, and definitely going to have to go check out these COVID songs now. Yeah. I, like, I like doing different things, but three things. I love checking in with people. Like I love just a quick good morning, or I'm a type that likes to send a video message or a voice note, you know what I mean? And I can get things out a lot quicker instead of typing, have a 30 minute conversation. I can do it in two minutes, but love checking in with people, checking in with your loved ones or people you haven't heard from in a while, just to say hi and how you doing. Uh, Reading. I like reading. I try to read every day. Try and watch some, something inspiring like every morning too. Like I'll find something inspiring on YouTube to watch or whatever, just to get the blood going or the day going and, Try and practice some mindfulness if you can throughout the day. Yeah, that's awesome. There's so many things that, yeah, even watching funny videos, watching animal videos, dogs or cats or babies. Oh gosh, watching babies laughing. There's no way that you will not laugh. (laughs) No, they, the the babies laughing are are awesome. You, you, my, my partner, Megan, she loves watching cat videos. That's her favorite cat videos. That's (laughs) awesome. That's awesome. So before we go, though, we want to let everyone know where they can find us. Uh, so it's at Heart Fuelers on Instagram. And if anyone yes. wants to follow your story or what you're doing, they can follow you on Instagram as well. Yes, at Carm Viola. Yeah. yeah. Okay, guys. Yeah. So thank you again for coming on the show today. It was so amazing chatting with you and getting your views and analogies and stuff like that. And I got lots out of it, just so you know. Oh, that's so awesome. Oh, my gosh. You're so welcome. And thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Thank you again. No, thanks again, Carm. You have a great day. You too. Thanks so much. Bye, everyone. You're welcome. I hope everyone enjoyed today's episode with Carm Viola. She sure taught me a lot and, you know, pointed out great 
pointers on how to help your children through their feelings and how they're feeling. So I hope you guys took away something from today's episode with Carm Viola. Again, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give me a five-star review. It would be greatly appreciated. It really helps out the show. Write a little blurb. Tell me how you're feeling. Tell me what you think of this episode or any episode that you've listened to. Or head over to Anchor FM and you can leave a voice message there. Those are always greatly appreciated, everyone. And if you'd like to follow the show and a little bit more of what's going on in my life, head over to At Depths of Darkside on Instagram. You can find me live in action there lots of the time, you know, sharing personal things and whatnot about my family, myself, and what's going on in my day-to-day life. Uh, a little bit about next week's guest, though, Natalie Flynbat. She's an addictions therapist from the Los Angeles area. She's also a licensed psychologist and specializes in addictions and trauma. You won't want to miss this one, everyone. Until then, take care and stay safe.